Thanks for tuning in to the Change Church Podcast. We believe change is more than a church. It's a culture. And we are living out our purpose so that others can find theirs. We hope that this message encourages and inspires you. Now, here's Pastor Elijah Hollis. Today we're starting a series, God's Not Mad. God's Not Mad. This is huge for me, so personal, uh, just because of all my experience with with people that I've tried to share God with, and either through an invite, you know, to church, or just talking to them about their life and how much God loves them, there's just this perception that we serve a God who's mad. He's angry. He's waiting for us to mess up. He's waiting for us to, to slip up so that he can send us to hell, you know? We have all these things that happen in our world and sometimes the biggest things that, that hit us, that we go through, their crises or whatever it is, you know, you go through these situations where all of a sudden you start looking up and saying, where are you? Why are you mad? What did I do to deserve this? You know, and all these questions and things that we say are not bad, but we have to engage them with truth. We have to engage him with truth. Okay, I know you just sat down, but would you stand up for the reading of God's word just as we honor his word as we get started here? Getting your workout in. Getting the blood flowing. Genesis chapter 1, verse 26 says, Then God said, Let us make mankind in our image, in our likeness, so that they may rule. Everybody say rule. Girls rule, boys drool. I used to hate that. But I think about it every time I say that word. <laughs> Let us make them in our image so that they can rule over the fish in the sea, the birds of the sky, over the livestock, all wild animals, and over all creatures that move along the ground. Verse 27. So God created mankind in his own image. In the image of God, he created them. Male and female, he created them. God blessed them, verse 28. God blessed them. God blessed them. He made them in his image. He made them to rule. And he blessed them and said, be fruitful, increase in number, fill the earth and subdue it. Rule, rule over the fish in the sea and the birds of the sky, over all living creatures that move on the ground. God, touch us with your word today. Let it speak to the depths of who we are. More than any human word could ever touch, Lord God, let your word reach those innermost parts of our being that truly transform us, that make us come alive to our purpose. I bless these in this room. In your name we pray. Amen. You may be seated. <clears throat> our perception of God is so tainted and distorted because if you read the word, you, you realize God is a God who is so obsessed with the world. In fact, he was so obsessed with it, so in love with his creation, that when he saw that they were getting it wrong, right, because he had these people that he created, and now they were almost worshiping a religion and forgetting that it was a relationship with the Savior that it was all about. So that disconnect, he, he cared so much and loved so much that he sent his one and only son because he had to get our attention. 
He had to let us know, listen, it's not about religion. I didn't, I didn't do this whole thing and create you so that you could just follow along in my structure and make it through your life, okay? That's not how God talks at all, but, you know, if God were that kind of God, that's how he would talk, you know? You just follow my structure, go to church every Sunday, read your Bible every day, and then, you know, like he, there was a disconnect. The religious leaders, they thought they had it, but they, they, there was a disconnect. And so he sent his one and only son and said, you got to get this right. Let me send Jesus to love on you. But why is our perception all distorted? Why do we have this viewpoint that God is mad or God is distant? Or, you know, we even pray prayers like, well, God, if, if it's your will, you know, like, like he's out there just waiting. Or he's busy. He's not about us. And I read this scripture and God took me back to the beginning. And he said, I created you in my image. When I formed you, so I created everything else and I just spoke it, you know. Let there be light. Formed all the creatures, water, sky, all stuff. But when he got to us, the Bible says he took time and he formed us in his image. He said, hold on, hold on. I know we've been doing this quick, angels. You've been seeing me, you know, rock this out and just speaking things and going real fast. He said, but let's take some time because I want to make sure this one is perfect. I want to make sure I create humans in my image. I want them to carry the image of the Father. And so he created humankind in his image. And God just simply spoke to me while I was studying through this and just reading this passage. He said, I created you in my image. So when you get your perception of you wrong, you get the perception of me wrong. Ooh. He said, your view on you is distorted. You don't know who you are. You've lost your identity. Someone stole your innocence. Someone tainted your view of yourself. And therefore, you walk around thinking you're unqualified. Thinking you're not good enough. Thinking that nobody loves you. Everybody hates you. So go eat worms. And it's perception of yourself is actually distorting your perception of the Father. Because if you can't view yourself as a child of the King with authority to rule over all living things on the earth, then you cannot get the reality of who God is as the Lord over all things. Woo-hoo. I was like, God, let's go. That's good. We have to get our perception on us Right. So we're going to get really real today, okay? Is that all right? I'm not even, it doesn't even matter. We're going to go there. <laughs> it's time to leave now. <laughs> There's the exit, you know? But There was a moment in your life, and I don't know where it was, when it was. It's different for everybody, but I was talking to my uncle about this. He says, we're all born with this naive sense that the world is amazing, everybody's awesome, right? Everybody's trustworthy. They all love you, right? It's this Sesame Street world, right? 
where everybody's talking, puppets are loving you, like you just talk to your, everybody's neighbors and friendly, right? Mr. Rogers, like imagine and all this stuff. We're born with this reality that the, the world is amazing. And he said, sometime in your life, he's a behavior therapist, so he's like super smart and knows the science of everything, but he marries it to the word of God. He said, there's some point in your life where you lose that naive sense of what the world is. Something happens to you where your innocence is broken, where all of a sudden someone hurts you, and maybe it was a parent that was in your life that abused you verbally or physically. Maybe it was a relationship that went south. I don't know. Somebody did something to you where it broke your sense that the world is a beautiful, magical place with rainbows and unicorns. And all of a sudden, people can't be trusted. You're not good enough. And you'll never be able to amount to something great. He says, just reality. But as long as we carry that perception of ourselves, we're not good enough. We'll never be able to amount to anything. You know, maybe someone spoke something over us and now we believe it. That's our identity. Because we failed, because our past, because blah, 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 blah. Now our future just, just stuck. God said, I, I created you in my image. I put my face on you, put my characteristics inside of you, put my heart in you. I love you. I'm obsessed with you. And it really goes back to it, Jesus. He was always hanging out with the kids, you know. And you have the, that scripture that he was even ministering. And the kids try to come to him, right? And I can just picture because I got two kids, so I know how loud they can be, right? And so the kids are probably like, ah, Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. And the disciples are like, whoa, 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 whoa. Got very serious business. Very serious religious thing to do. You know? And Jesus is like, hold on. Are you holding my kids back from me? No, 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 no. Bring, bring in the kids. Bring the kids. And in fact, he made it a lesson for the old people. And he's like, hey, guys, just so you know. If you do not become like a child, you'll never be able to enter the kingdom of God. And I wonder, I just wonder, what would happen if we got back into that viewpoint of innocence over ourselves, became like a child and our faith in God, if we would see the reality of who he is. If all of a sudden, our viewpoint on him wouldn't be distorted, but it'd be crystal clear. In Psalm chapter 34, verse 1, this is David. And David, man, he was an awesome, awesome man of God. In fact, God called him man after his own heart. Man after my, that's David. He's man after my own heart, carries my heart well. This is David, he says in verse uh, 1 of, of chapter 34, he says, I will bless the Lord at all times. His praise will continually be in my mouth. Now, why was this so important to David? Does anybody know what happens when we praise God? He comes and inhabits our praises, right? So David was like, I'm going to praise him all the time because I want him with me. Now, David had encountered God. He'd experienced who he was. But check it out. He was like always wanting to be with him because where God was, reality of who God is was present. So he's like, I got to praise the Lord all the time. When I eat lunch, when I eat dinner, when I lay down, when I'm going to work, everywhere I go, I want to bless the Lord because that'll bring his presence 
with me. And he goes on, he says, my soul will make its boast in the Lord. The humble will hear it and rejoice. Verse 3, I love this verse. One of my favorite verses. He says, oh, magnify the Lord with me and let us exalt his name together. Now, the word magnify simply means to bring it in close. Distance creates distortion. Distance creates distortion. You may see this in relationships. When you're in a relationship with somebody and you're right up close and your best friends, you're like, oh, my Lord, I love you so much. And then something happens, breaks up the relationship. Now you're far apart. Now your, your viewpoint on them is distorted. Whether you think it or not, distance creates distortion. Can't see clearly. Man, I'm getting old. I just celebrated 34 years of being on the earth. Mm -hmm. I'm glad you're excited. Um, <laughs> No, I'm loving it. This is going to be my best year yet. I love it. Um, but stepping into it, my eyes are going bad. They've always been bad from kindergarten. I had glasses, but they're terrible now. And so I've been like holding on to my contacts. I didn't want to go to the eye doctor, you know, because I had a, a fallout with the eye doctor. It was kind of a weird thing, but I just had a thing happen at the eye doctor. I'm like, never going back. And, you know, just one of those things. I'm like, I'm not going back. It's just a terrible situation. I think about how many people are like that in the world. They have a terrible situation with church or God or Christians in general. And they're like, I'm never going back. And they live with this, like, distorted view. Like, everything's fuzzy and blurry in life. They don't really realize it, but, like, things aren't crystal clear. They can't see God clearly. So they view him as, like, this mad, angry father, right? And maybe they even view him like their earthly father. Some of us, that's the hardest thing to get about God being a good father is because our earthly father was terrible. He didn't represent who the father was. And so when we view God, we're like, oh, my word, is, is, is he going to hurt me? Is he going to lash out at me when, I'm, when I do something wrong? And the father is the absolute opposite. But sometimes it's hard when our reality is, is distorted. And a lot of people, you know, they, they do that. We're like, I'm never going back. And that, that was me. <laughs> I was like, I'm never going back to the eye doctor, ever. I never looked for a new one, so I just lived with blurry vision, right? Just that's what I did. So I lived with blurry vision. I was looking around, couldn't see things. I'm a videographer, which is terrible for the business, you know what I mean? Because I'm like, I don't know. Is that clear? Like, is that in focus? You know, I'm like checking with my young, younger you know, team. I'm like, is this in focus? I can't tell. And like, it just it wasn't cool at all. So I did this for a very long time, too long. I don't even want to admit to you how long I went. Um, but I did this for a very long time until one day where the infamous contact ripped and it was the last one of the batch. Can anybody relate? <laughs> Have you been there? Last one broke and I'm like, oh, what am I going to do? Now, you got to know this. The entire time I do not want to go to the eye doctor, they are pursuing me. They're emailing me. They're calling me, leaving me messages. Hey, Elijah, it's time for your appointment. I'm like, no! <laughs> Wasn't that angry. But you know what I'm <laughs> I was like, I'm not going back. And I think about that with, with even people who have left the church or left God, how the pursuit of them is really a pursuit of the Father. It's his heart that he never gives up. In fact, the Bible says he leaves the 99 just to, follow, to find the one, right? He pursues because he's a father that's obsessed. If I lost one of my kids, you better believe I'd be out of here. None of this would matter to me. I'd be after my kid. They're number one. 
and that's how he views us. And so he pursues us, just like the eye doctor did, just email after voice message, after email, after text message. They even got my phone number for text messages. I'm like, what the jazz? Like, you're crazy. But you know what happened? Whenever my contact ripped, you know what happened? You know where I went? Back to the eye doctor. The one I said I would never go back to. Why? Because they pursued me. We were even talking about this yesterday because we were out, you know, passing out flyers for the Easter egg hunt and all stuff. But we view that, like, invites, you know, you have a silver pail in the middle. And we have those packets of invites, right? Invites are way more than just marketing, okay? Now, if you're in a business or whatever, then you know that that's total opposite. That is all about marketing, right? But in a church, it's more than marketing. These invites are a pursuit of the Father, when we invite, we show them how desperately he's searching for them. He's seeking them out. That he got random people to walk the streets for hours and put flyers in doors. That's how obsessed he is. And we went into the craziest neighborhood. We don't care. We're going all the ends of the earth to spread the gospel because they have to know how much he loves them. So I felt pursued. So I went back to the eye doctor. actually had a great experience. The guy that I had a fallout with, he was fired, so they got a new person in there, which is great, because how many know some people can, can totally distort the message of Jesus with their actions? And maybe some people have encountered someone that was terrible, didn't represent Christ at all, and they're like, oh, if that's Jesus, no thanks. I'll take my yoga and hot rooms and tell you, I'll take anything else besides that, you know? And they have all these things around. They're trying to fill the void, trying to get them as close as they can to that encounter, that filling of the void of who Jesus can only fill. So I went back, got my eyes checked. You know what happened? I can see. It's amazing. I see things clearly. And when we have distance with the Father, our perception on him is distorted because distance creates distortion. But when we come in close, and that's what David said. He said, oh, magnify the Lord with me. Bring him in close. Praise him constantly. Bring him in close. Because when you get close to him, you start to see who he is. You start to see how obsessed he is with you. You start to see that he has plans for you. Plans not to harm you, to give you a hope and a future. All of a sudden, you see the reality of who you are. That he created you in his image. And he didn't just create you in his image. He created you to rule over all living things on the world what? That's crazy. But when your perception is based on a position that's distant, your viewpoint will always be distorted. And so we have to come close. I know some of you, this might be so scary because you've trusted and people have let you down. You've opened up and it has not gone well. Pastor Elijah, you know what you're asking me to do? You're asking me to open myself up again? Do you know what happened to me? Do you know what my father said? Do you know what that person did to me? You know how they stole everything that I held dear? Do you understand? They just abandoned me. They neglected me. 
and you want me to come to God, this mad, angry father. You want me to come and trust him again. Okay. But can I tell you, when you step into his presence, you start to see the reality of who he is. You start to understand that his creation sometimes gets it wrong. But the creator is the one who is perfect. He's perfect. Though you may be hurt by others, can I just tell you that he is the perfect, good father. He loves you so much. He's obsessed with you. He's obsessed with you. Genesis chapter 2. Verse 4. This is the account of the heavens and the earth when they were created, when the Lord God made the earth and the heavens. Now no shrub had yet appeared on the earth and no plant had yet sprung up. Pretty boring world. For the Lord God had not yet sent rain to the earth. Check it out. And there was no one to work the ground. There's no one to work the ground. But streams came up from the earth and watered the whole surface of the ground. Then the Lord God formed man from the dust of the ground. I love this picture. Because again, God created everything and then he's like, all right, I'm going to create man in my image. So he created man out of the dust. Then he saw The man was without life, just a form. And so it goes on and says, then God breathed into his nostrils the breath of life. I love this picture because God not only created mankind as image, but he breathed who he was inside of them. Wow. The first man that was created, Adam. He had perfect rapport with God. They breathed the same. And today I I believe that God wants us to step back into that perfect rapport with him. To breathe in who he is. Inhale, breath of life. Exhale all the things that have been done to us, all the things that we hold on, negativity. Step back into that innocence, knowing him, to knowing his ways, knowing who we are. Because when we get that right, we can step into knowing our father and how good he is. I want to take a moment today. We've been praying over this moment, by the way. Just been praying for you, covering you. All this month, our team has just been obsessed with this series. Just really believing for absolute life transformation. And I believe that some, some of us and some of you in this room, you may have walked in with such a tainted view on God. And you've been hurt, you've been broken, 
And man, it's been something that you've been holding on to. And today, maybe you just even showed up to be like, all right, let's see what they got to say. God's not mad. Let's see. You know, prove with your little Bible scriptures, you know. But today, I really pray that this is not just something you hear. It's something you walk into. Because when you can be truly set free and know who you are in God and come alive to that purpose, you can experience the reality of the Father as he just embraces you in his love. And today, I don't know when it happened in your life, but at some point, someone did something to you or spoke something over you that all of a sudden your viewpoint on yourself was tainted. It's wrong. And today, the Father not only wants to make that right, but he wants to embrace you and help you walk into your future knowing the reality of his plans for you. The Bible says that the righteous, plant, the righteous, the steps of the righteous are ordered of the Lord. That he marks out your path and he orders your steps to be good. The Bible says that all things work together for the good of those who are called and love him. When you walk in Christ, when you come to the Father, when you allow him in, he orders your steps and everything he causes together for your good. Then no matter where you go, what you face, hey, can I just tell you, people will always try to hurt you. People will always try to break you. Let's just talk about reality. The life will always be like that. I'm not going to say that now that you're in Christ, everybody's going to be nice to you and you never got to face valleys. That's hogwash, as my grandfather would say. It's not, ra- it's not real. It's not reality. But when you walk with the Father, he embraces you and covers you so that your steps are ordered of the Lord. In fact, the Bible says that your path, for the path of the righteous, he makes straight so that your foot will not fall. Nothing will help make you stumble. When you walk in Christ, he keeps you through the storm not away from the storm. He keeps you through the storm. You can face all things knowing that he's a good father, he's in love with you, he's obsessed with you, and he protects you to go everywhere he's called you to. Woo! Are you ready to experience that reality in your life? Are you ready to experience the reality of who the father is? That when we sing that song, you're a good, good father, it's who you are. You actually believe it? You're like, I've experienced that love everybody just could stand to your feet. I don't know when that moment was that, man, that that perception of yourself just absolutely transformed. For everybody, it's different. And maybe some of you, it was just this last year, or it's just this last five years. Some of you, it was when you were a small child. You just remember that, that was the turning point. Something was stolen from you. Something was taken from you. Now you have this this perception of yourself that's just not right. This morning, in this moment, the Father is here already. And He's so good. But I want us to do that scripture that talks about how we're transformed by the renewing of our mind. Okay? Sometimes we read this and we think, oh, renewing of our mind is just something that God just magically does right? But science is proving and the Bible, science is proving the Bible so true and so right. It's actually our power. It's in our authority that we can renew our minds. 
in Christ Jesus. It's through Christ who strengthens us that we are new, right? So when he strengthens us, he empowers us to renew our minds. I want us to everybody close your eyes across this whole room. And right now, can you just picture your past? I know some this might be super hard and, and, and it might be something that maybe you need to just grab your neighbor's hand and say, hey, I just need to hold your hand through this. But I just picture that past, that, that thing that, that caused you to, to view yourself in such a way. It's not right. It's not right. Something that hurts you, that broke you, just for a second. And now I want you to picture this gigantic gate, like God-sized gate. It's metal. It's got all security systems and all in it. It's just powerful. I want you to take that gate, and I want you to just mentally like close the gate on your past. Just close it. We're going to take those thoughts captive. They're not allowed in your life anymore. They're not allowed. That's what that scripture says. Take thoughts captive under the authority of Jesus Christ. So right now, in the name of Jesus, we just close that gate to our past. Now, mentally, I want you to turn around, and I want you to picture this gigantic field. Just, oh, man, it's beautiful. Mountains and gorgeous. Just the wind and the sun and the sky. I want you to picture God the Father just smiling and laughing and drawing you into that beautiful future where you're prospering, where you're successful, where you walk into this life of the king's things. You're walking in the reality of the kingdom where you're owning your future. You're owning the things that God has in store for you. Would you step into that? And just like God breathed into Adam, can you just breathe in the breath of life of the Father right now? Come on, just breathe it in. Woo! Now breathe it out. Come on, one more time. Just breathe in that reality of who he is. God, we step into that authority to know that we are the king's kids. We are set apart to be your kids, to be people who walk in the authority and the reality of the kingdom of God. And God, we leave the past. God, I just bind all these pasts that we're walking away from, all the anxieties, depressions, all the things that have held us back and have held us away from pursuing you and pursuing the love that you have in your heart. And God, right now, we just walk into now the reality that you are a God who is in love with us. You have so much in store for us. Now, can you just lift your hands and praise him for who he is and just receive the goodness of the Father right now? You just need to feel the embrace of the Father. Right now, God's just wrapping his loving arms around you. Some of you, this is the first love of the Father a love of a good father. Some of you have, have come from a home where the father did not represent Christ well. In fact, it was all hurtful. Right now, just feel his loving arms around you to heal you, to make you whole. Right now, God, we just receive who you are. We receive your love. We receive all the things that are in your heart for us. God, they're good. God, they're good. God, they're good. I just want to sing that one more time. Just good, good father. Your good, good father is who you are. It's who you are. It's who you are. And I'm loved by you. It's who I am. It's who I am. It's who I am. You're a good, good father. It's who you are. It's who Do I?
God, we just thank you that you are good, that you love us so much. You're bringing us into this new future. Woo! We're leaving the past behind. We're walking into the, the reality and know you're not mad. In fact, you're obsessed with us. Thank you, Jesus. We love you, Lord. I just seal this moment for those in this room to captivate the things that are wrong, to keep them in the past. Now we captivate the thoughts of the Father and bring them into our future. To know that you are have plans for us, plans to prosper us, gives a hope and a future. We love you, Jesus. Amen. At Change Church, we believe in doing life together. If you want to connect with us, you can visit us online at thisischange.org or any social media platform at thisischangephl. Thanks for joining us and have an amazing week.